How to Create a Glitch. The Complete Series. This book is the result of years of phenomenological trial and error. It is the product of attempt after attempt after attempt. It is also the product of years of introspective analysis, brought on by the occurrence of the strange and seemingly impossible. It began as an inquiry into the nature of reality. It led to the development of ontology with branches in a variety of subject areas, psychedelics, the paranormal, the spiritual and the real. It is not a work of fiction. It is a work intended to be scrupulously followed for the desired results. Only a mind free of any doubt will accomplish the task of synthetically producing a glitch. It does not require that one accept that we are in a synthetic reality. It does not require that one accept that we are in a simulation. For the explanation of the glitch is unrelated to its occurrence. Nevertheless, you should be aware that the author of this book firmly believes that reality is indeed a simulation, not necessarily one artificially produced, nor one devoid of spirituality, but just the same, a simulation, whether of Maya or digital ones and zeros, it is up to you to decide. So, without further distraction or complication, I will begin the exposition of the method, praxis, which one may call upon to produce the truly unusual. This book will be comprised of three different approaches to the subject. First, there is the orthodoxy, which is the theory behind the production of a glitch. Second, there is the praxis, which is the method of producing the glitch. Third, there is the experience, or occurrence of the glitch. One cannot grasp the techniques behind the production of a glitch without the requisite theory behind it. Nor will one appreciate the orthodoxy without the phenomenology, the experience itself which validates it. Ultimately, the author of this book approached the subject of glitches with a scientific mind. The goal of glitching is to turn oneself into an instrument of the scientific and one's experiences into the validation or vitiation of a theory. That is to say, that there is no one proper method of creating a glitch just as there is no one way to skin a cat. Animating the supernatural requires trial and error, just as learning any new skill. And some may find that certain techniques work better than others. So without further ado, I will explain the basic orthodoxy of glitching, as I developed it. Note. This is not a final penultimate description of the architecture of reality. It is merely my orthodoxy, my praxis and my phenomenology. You are free to borrow as you please, or to reinvent. What you take from this work is entirely up to you. But, I do not guarantee any results unless this book is absorbed and scrupulously followed. Reality, whether from the standpoint of simulation theory, or from the perspective of social dynamics, is merely the manifestation of an interconnected web of expectations. You can describe these expectations as thoughts, or observations. You can describe them however you like. But the implication of this reality is that the stuff of our experience is composed of a constituent matter which reflects our impulses. As such, imagine that every person produces a kind of expectation field, created by their impulses, a catalogue of their ultimate predictions about what it is and what should be. This expectation field populates our reality around us even when we are not directly observing an event or occurrence. So, for example, if we are sitting in our home, 
We might not observe what is happening out on the street in front of our home, but our minds have expectations about what in particular is happening. These expectations provide the framework for our passive experience of reality. If we do not step beyond these expectations, if we do not stretch the limit of them, we will never see the truly extraordinary. Now, think of the mind as a filter as well. Our minds are continually looking for particular things as objects transition from the passive attention of our minds to the conscious. Events or things which are out of the ordinary will not enter our consciousness if we do not allow them to. We must expect the unexpected, permit the truly strange to enter our awareness, if we are to perceive it. Now there are ways that one can increase the likelihood one will perceive the unexpected. It begins with the admission that our lives, our expectations, are dominated by our habits and routines. The first step in moving beyond the ordinary is learning to stretch these routines and habits. We expect that when it is nighttime, the world will be at rest, for the most part, just as we expect that during the daytime, the world will be active and alive. Human activity can be broken into shells of routine or cycle. Each shell of activity modulates the expectation field of a given person. But each of these shells of habit or routine play a role in ultimately entangling us in the interconnected web of human expectations and routine. Imagine that these shells of routine are like the insulation of our consciousness from direct exposure to the communal expectation field. By remaining within the gamut of these shells, we are sure to never disentangle our minds from the interconnection of our basic most rudimentary expectations. Now, it is important also to note that our expectation field can be concentrated or released according to the social tension in our bodies. If we depart from our basic routine in any of the above shells, what we will see is that our bodily tension is amplified until there is a release. Imagine for example that each of the shells in the above diagram represents a separate level of bodily tension. They resist the movement of the other shells into their territory through tension as oil and water subsist in relative separation through tension. To enable us to experience the truly extraordinary, we must learn to puncture these shells of routine or habit. Now, how does one begin to unravel the nature of one's basic habits and routines? Let's start with the sleep cycle. One can dislodge the sleep cycle in time by sleep deprivation, or one can alter the sleep rhythm by alternating more often between states of sleep and wakefulness. The practicalities of doing this aside, it is not that difficult to do with concerted effort. Second, the cycle of ingestion. This may involve anything from food to the air we breathe, to any drugs we may be addicted to. Any ingestion is addictive and habit-forming. Thus, we can say that the ingestion shell can be further subdivided. Each of these sub-shells corresponds to a rhythm and thus to a pattern of behavior, which conditions the tension under which our bodies function and therefore the expectations we produce. For each sub-shell, we must learn to either abstain or alter the rate or pattern by which we consume or ingest substances. It may be as simple as learning to alter our breathing through breathing exercises, or intermittent fasting to alter our ingestion of food, water, or abstaining from say cigarettes, if we have a cigarette habit. Although some of these habits have obvious techniques for which we can alter the routine, others may require further elaboration, 
which will be done in later chapters. One of the essential preparatory steps in creating glitches involves the elimination of these patterns. It is not enough to practice the exercises described in this book in the morning, only to eat a habitual lunch in the afternoon. To truly see past the veil, you must abstain from these impulses for a time, or dislodge them in time. The reason for this is that natural impulses like sleeping, eating, urination, defecation, sexual activity, all release tension and create predictable patterns in our behavior. That is why, if you attempt to produce a glitch, you will find that your impulses become more pronounced and difficult to resist. As a preparatory step, it is necessary to abstain from eating to dull the sense of hunger, abstain from sleep, to dislodge the patterns of your life, or abstain from sexual activity, for a brief time, to heighten your body's response to social tension. Some of these practices may obviously reduce tension, but they all contribute to the creation of habits that must be temporarily broken to create glitches. Creating glitches is ultimately about creating patterns and breaking them, which means that the patterns that define us, our impulses, must be ignored or redirected for a time.